You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling Oklahoma's story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram. For daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, for the podcast, a new sponsor this year that's just come on board and super excited to announce RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host. Back with another episode up in Luther today with Jared Holt, also known as J-Rod, probably better known as J-Rod, sat in what is, I guess, one of your buildings out here, man. uh, Thanks for having me out. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is my little man garage I built out here in the middle of nowhere. And when we bought this property, I needed some space to, uh, at the time, only house three cars. Now I've got a couple more than three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Typical car guy, right? It just keeps evolving. Yes, sir. Uh, But, I mean, obviously, people know you from racing, and obviously the Supra is the other side of the camera. They know you for for the Supra. but, you know, the goal today is obviously tell people a little bit about who you are, what you do, and, and why you do what you do, sure. right? So, uh, let's go right back to the start. Are you born and raised in Oki? Like- yeah, I was born in a little town in eastern Oklahoma, Shawnee. I didn't live there. We were living in Stroud at the time. My granddad owned a restaurant there. My dad worked in the oil field. My mom was a waitress at his restaurant, at my grandfather's restaurant. And uh, we lived there until I was about 12, and my dad got transferred in the oil field. And uh, we li- ended up in a little town in southern Oklahoma called Velma Elma. Mm-hmm. Very small town, population three or 400 people. Um, you know, it's one of those schools that encompasses many little other communities, and we all go to the same school. I don't know how big my graduating class, 20, 30, 40 people maybe. I can't remember. Um, graduated high school in 2003, but my ticket that punched me out of there is I was good at golf. Yeah. Um, we won back-to-back state titles my junior and senior year, and uh, I made All-State and uh, got a full ride to play golf. And got me to the town of Seminole, and uh, that's where I started really getting into cars. When I was a senior in high school, my dad told me kind of an incentive. He's like, we didn't make a lot of money. I actually grew up in a trailer house, and he was like, uh, if you can get a full ride in golf, I'll buy you any car within reason. Well, yeah, that was in 2002, so the Fast and Furious had just came out. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, I was attracted to imports, you know, big exhaust tips and underbody lights. So, uh, we went on the hunt. My parents found a uh, pearl yellow 95 3000 GT non-turbo in Sherman, Denison, Texas. And uh, they bought it for me. And I think it was like seventy five hundred bucks. And boy, let me tell you what, I thought it was the fastest car <laughs> on the planet. And yeah. I had a couple of buddies in high school that had like you know LS one Camaros at the time. Of course, I was talking smack, and I would just get rolled up. I mean, those guys right. would kick my butt. But it really introduced me to motorsports, and that was the car that took me on to college. And that's where I met a lot of buddies that I still have contact with today through that car. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got in a lot of trouble in that car in college. Like I got busted in Shawnee doing one hundred and forty in a 40 residential. (laughs) 
and that was not a small ticket. And uh, yeah. that was, uh, you know, you live, you learn kind of deal. But yeah, that's what really kind of got me into cars was during my college years, I did a lot of street racing, a lot of street racing. Yeah. And then after my sophomore year of college, um, I was pretty good in college and I actually decided I was going to try to do this as a living. And I moved to Florida and went to work for a Greg Norman golf course down there and was giving lessons, playing mini tour golf. Yeah. And then uh, my first real paycheck, I found the Twinkie to my 95 Pearl Yellow 3000 GT, but it was the Pearl Yellow VR4, which for those that don't know, is the twin turbo all-wheel drive model. And me and my wife, uh, I guess girl from then, drove up to Fort Rucker, Alabama, yeah. bought that car from a retired army colonel. And kind of the rest is history. I, I uh, got a kind of funny story about that car. I took it back to Panama City Beach where I was living and I uh, bought a Grady Type S blow-off valve. So back in the day, they were purple top and had to have one as the first modification I did on a car. And I actually knocked myself out while installing that. <laughs> I'd bought it used on a car form called 3SI and the guy who sold it to me had just whacked off the, the hose that he attached to it. Well, it was dry rotted. Right. So I'd put it in a vise and I was pulling on that thing. And when it let go, my goodness, it hit me right in the left uh, of my nose underneath my eye. And next thing I know, I woke up and I was severely sunburned and I actually had a little hole in my nose. And uh, my mom asked me what happened. I was like, I guess I knocked myself out working <laughs> on a car. And then, uh, you know, I started street racing a lot in Panama City Beach. And then uh, I was down there right after Hurricane Harvey. So I've been like 05, 06 era. And then yeah. in February of 2007, that's when my life changed. I uh, had came back to Oklahoma City to uh, visit my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I put together this little 3000 GT car event at 50 pin place in Oklahoma City. And uh, a guy pulled in that parking lot. Um, it depends on what side of the story you want to go to. We'll just go with what the police report said. The, the guy had a uh, stress-induced seizure and ran me, my wife, and another one over. Jeez. And I had to have reconstructive right leg and knee surgery. My wife had to have reconstructive uh, ankle surgery, broke her left arm, her left femur. Um, it really did a number on us. And at that point, I couldn't rehab to the point where I could play golf at the level I needed to. Yeah, yeah. Truth be told, you being a golfer, you know this, that life is a long, hard grind. Oh, it's miserable, isn't it? If you're, you know, mini tour life and yeah. grinding for paychecks and yeah, it's, you it's, know, it's a lot of traveling, fun. a lot of expenses, but the kind of the neat thing that helped me through that is I met a gentleman named Bart Starr. So mm -hmm. I don't know for those who don't know, he was Super Bowl one and two MVP for the Green Bay Packers. He was a member of the country club down there and he helped me quite a bit with uh, entrances to those mm -hmm. tournaments, which helped. But yeah, after that accident in February of 2007, um, um, I rehabbed, um, never was really the same. And then realized that I probably had to get a real job. Yeah. And so in September of 07, my wife needed a car cause there was a flood that month and it flooded her car out. And, uh, we ended up at Bob Howard and I guess I had enough charisma and salesmanship that the, uh, general manager at the time really kind of liked my personality and offered me a job on the spot. Yeah. And so, um, here we are 15 years later and I still work at Bob Howard Toyota and uh, been there for a long time. It's been a great career for me and has obviously been able to fuel my passion for cars because I've definitely added right. a couple since then. Yeah, that, that's one thing that like, I mean, like I said, we're golfers, right? So we understand we've grown up meeting people every day, having, you know, talking and just striking up a conversation. Yep. And I, I, you know, same as me, like I don't find it hard to strike a conversation no. with anybody because yep. we just, that's naturally what we did growing up. Yeah. And, you you, you know. meet someone in a tee box, you, you got three other guys in a tee box you've more than likely never met before and right. you got to spend the next four hours with them. So yeah. you kind of get to know them. Yeah. So 
how tell me about how do you get into golf then from a young age yeah so it's crazy like i said in velma elma america like that's not a, a town that's known for golf right we won multiple state you know football titles track basketball softball like we were a powerhouse in every sport but golf mm. and surprisingly enough we had a little nine hole golf course and uh, my dad picked it up at a uh, at an oil field tournament and um, he was he was a great athlete too um but he went right after high school he went to the oil field in the early 80s because that was the thing to right. do instead of playing college sports but uh he you know kind of thought golf was for weenies you know wasn't yeah, a sport yeah. that he liked but he liked it so he introduced me to it and i was I guess i was really natural i didn't start until late in life or late. i didn't start until i was 13 oh yeah that is late um, so, so someone who to like wants to pursue it as a career yeah, that is late yeah. right because so usually I it's like five it or six 13 yeah and uh really kind of sucked but by the time i was 14 that's all i did for that summer i like i lived and breathed golf walked the golf course just back to back to time yeah. played a lot and uh, by the time i was 15 i was pretty salty i was already shooting 70s and then i started playing junior pga ajga yeah, 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 yeah. um did all that and that was my freshman year of high school and uh, we actually went to state my freshman year which Velma Alma had never really been a contender, but we had four other players that were right behind me that were really good. Yeah. Um, myself, a kid named Josh Leffler, who, you know, turned out to be a very prominent businessman here in Oklahoma. Um, sadly enough, he actually passed away about six months ago, a tragic car accident. Another good guy on our team, his name is Casey Hayes. He, you know, his parents own a very successful oil field company down there. I think he's doing the same stuff. And Chad McFadden, Dustin Firestone, and we just had this five kids that out of nowhere, just were stud golfers and yeah. we set records. And, you know, I think we shot 282 my senior year at state, which for a 2A school to shoot, you know, right. one or two of our parties, which is, is pretty wild. Deal. Yeah. So it was pretty neat. Um, two of us on that team actually went on to go play college golf. And then, um, yeah, it was just neat how it all happened. And then I think two years after I graduated, they won state again. Mm. Um, and then I don't think they've won state since, but yeah, it was kind of a, a dynasty deal. It's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. And you know, that's why I'm so heavily rooted in Oklahoma is I love Oklahoma. I, I grew up very rural and I like the people in Oklahoma, you know, where I grew up, we didn't have to lock our doors. We didn't right. take our keys out of our car. Everybody you pass on the road, you know, you kind of give the old friendly wave to. And, um, that's probably a lot of the reason I live in Luther. You yeah, know, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not big. I'm not much on the big cities. When Kim and I, my wife moved to Oklahoma city in 2007, um, we lived in an apartment on the south side. Then we bought a house on the northwest side at like 122nd Rockwell. But I knew that life wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> for one, neighbors didn't like loud cars. And at the time I was racing drag banshees. <laughs> so we'd always be ripping up, you know, four wheelers up and down the driveway. And I had just bought a head cam ACR Viper at the time. And it was loud as hell. Well, so. and if you're street racing, you're street racing at uh, night too. Yeah. So you're waking everyone up when you come yeah. home while going out. Yeah. We'd be rolling in at like four o'clock in the morning. The neighbors hated me. And in that time frame, in the 0708 time frame, um, I had started a group with a couple of buddies called the 1%. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was kind of like a, um, you know, 1% of cars basically qualified to be in it. And uh, we went out and we roll raced on the freeways. We, uh, we, we street raced. Yeah. And then at the same time, that's when the Midwest streetcar guys now known as the street outlaws were kind of really getting big and they had a top 10 list and they did dig racing. So there was a little bit of animosity between us, but at the yeah. end of the day, we were still all car guys. And I was kind of getting pulled towards more of the drag racing um, scene at that time. I love the roll racing stuff and I organized a lot of it, but I I really was, you know, it just really interested me. So yeah. I started running uh, security for those guys, paying my dues. And that's when I got to know, you know, everybody that's on the TV show now. And um, when the show finally got a chance to become a show, um, we were part of the pilot. Um, me and a guy named Josh Brooks, I remember went out, he had this Gallant VR4. He actually owns Precision Automotive Development now in Edmond, but we went out and raced Big Chief in his truck. And it was a lot of fun. And then Obviously, when all your friends get a TV show about street racing, I man, how cool is that? You know, based yeah. right here in Oklahoma. Like to do it legally. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then I got the chance to go on the show and race Farm Truck and Asian, my good friends, in my Supra. And we knew at the time it was just going to be this 
quick, you know, impromptu deal. I knew I didn't have a chance to win, yeah. but it was going to be fun. I was going to get on national TV and have some fun. Well, that really lit a fire under me and I got absolutely destroyed on TV, which I knew was going to happen. And, you know, when you're on those shows, they tell you to, you know, to make it interesting to, right. to you know, you know, make it spicy. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. me and Asian made it extremely spicy and uh, we kind of got an altercation all for TV and had some fun with it. But uh, I reached out to a real street performance, which is based in Orlando shortly after that aired. And cause at the time I was going to try to build a car that was going to go after the lists. Um, back then the cars, they weren't as fast as they are now. Sure. You could have a car that probably went four, seven, 74, 80 in the eighth mile, and, and you could have been a contender. So I sent the car down there, and over the you know a couple of years it was being built and tested, we finally got the car in the high sevens. And uh, but by the time we'd got the car to where I thought it was going to be competitive, the street outlaw guys had just crazy, advanced right? so yeah. far that I couldn't be competitive anymore. So we kind of we kind of went a different direction with the car, and we started doing you know World Cup finals, TX2K, race week, you know, and we just progressed that car to the point, in my brain, I would have never thought I'd have a, a bottom, bottom seven second, 190 mile an hour, 34, 3500 pound full metal glass street car. Yeah. That just blows my mind. You know, at the time I just wanted a bottom eight high seven second car, but just like anything in life, you want to do better. You want to go faster. You yeah. want to progress. So yeah, it's been a progression. And now, I mean, that car is pretty well known. We won Outlaw Armageddon in 2019 in that car, which for those you don't know what outlaw Armageddon is it's a no prep race that's basically built around the street outlaw guys uh -huh. and we took an import in a field of 94 cars that were all domestic yeah and we won and that was a really big deal for the import community and it really put me and real street even more on the map and the car more so than any and now that car is probably arguably one of the top five or six cars in true street in the united states yeah, if not yeah. the country um there's not too many cars that can go 460 470 eighth mile on a small tire and uh drive it to school and go pick your daughter up you well and like it's 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 in one of the best colors in the world, right? And green is coming back, or yep. green is officially already back, I yep. think, you know, and it's just, you know, me coming from the UK and seeing British racing green and, and just like, you know, those kind of colors, and I see that, I'm like, yeah, it's, yep. you know. And what's funny story is when I got it, I hated it. I hated the green <laughs> when I bought it. I, I bought the car. Were you the only person with a green car? Yeah, I was like why, right? 2012, I think, is when yeah. I got it. I actually traded an RX-7 straight across for it, which that sounds crazy today with the prices of Supras. But I was like, any color but green. God, yeah. I don't want green. And, but anyway, it was a good deal. It was a 97, so it was the limited anniversary year. And we, we made the trade. And at first, like I said, I was going to keep it stock. And then, you know, I got the opportunity to be on that show, and it changed yeah. it. But now everything revolves around green because that car's become part of me yeah so like you know we do t-shirts in green my daughter's favorite color is green now my favorite color is green it's it's crazy how an object can change right. your whole outlook on like say a favorite color because i love green now yeah, yeah yeah so so the jdm stuff right and the, the import stuff you yep. obviously you wasn't you watch fast and furious for and sure is coming out and i like i loved watching those and you know and then the second one comes out right you're probably oh, in yeah. florida at the time and I you're was. just like yep. this is like my life jet yep. skis and yeah. all that whole scene yep uh I guess why the JDM stuff over like Dom's Dom, charger and yeah, domestic. Else, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like everyone else just goes charger. Oh, for sure. Or, Especially or, being you know, in Oklahoma, like right? You know? yeah. Like with Oklahoma, and you know, <laughs> the being the import guy, you definitely were kind of picked on almost. You know, like yeah, imports yeah. are fast. What are you doing out here, street racing with a six cylinder or yeah. four cylinder? So yeah, it was definitely um, it was kind of cool to me, and I've always been one to kind of be different, and uh, you know, I've said this in other interviews before, like for Drag Illustrated and stuff, but. They go, what made you pick imports? Well, yeah. that one decision my dad made, my parents made to buy me any car within their budget, 
changed the outlook of really my whole life. Right. They could have bought me a Camaro or a Trans Am, but the movie had just came out and uh, it was a bright yellow car and it yeah. had a big spoiler and my mom loved big spoilers and that's just the car we bought. Yeah. And literally, if they would have bought me a Mustang or a Fox Body, I would have been a domestic guy like everybody else. Right. But that one decision that my parents made in 2004 or two or whenever it was, changed my entire yeah, life yeah, yeah. and now i collect these 90s jdm cars that i grew up lusting after you know through the movie and then obviously the video game gran turismo yeah so that game had a big influence on a lot of you know 30 something year old people and uh, you know you drive the rx7 spirit r the 3000 gt or the nissan skyline those are the cars you wanted and and luckily i've been in a position in my life i was able to be able to afford most of them um we just picked up a, a 300zx which is the last twin turbo 90s car that i needed needed to mm -hmm. complete the collection so pretty lucky to be able to get all those cars yeah, yeah yeah and obviously the car we have in front of us too is just a little bit of just fun i'm sure right yeah the, the, the red one little, no no i mean this little rocket oh, yeah, ship the indy car yeah the indie car we, we picked have, that like. up um not long ago um actually a street racer um a street outlaw guy by the name of cody garrettson he was on the first couple episodes of street outlaws he had a car called your mom and uh he knows i kind of like small you know yeah. different things and it's kind of goofy and he knew that i was trying to do this youtube venture that we're fixing to start and he was like hey I got this open wheel little IndyCar thing that uh, I can't really fit in. And uh, do you want to take a chance at buying it? He didn't know much about it. I bought yeah. it. And uh, me and my buddies got it running like literally the next day. And we were making laps out here in Luther on uh, Memorial Road on it. <laughs> <laughs> so it good. goes it goes 80 miles an hour. It's got a 340cc two-stroke uh, snowmobile motor in it. Yeah. It's got a centrifugal clutch. And I, I did some research on these. And I guess they were huge up in like Iowa, Indiana, and Michigan in the late 80s and 90s. There was a class they raced on they race on asphalt and dirt yeah. and they're round round cars you know it was a way for a guy to spend less than 10 grand and go be competitive and race yeah. how this ended up in oklahoma i don't know um but our plans on it, it's gonna be pretty epic we i bought a jixter 750 um like a new body one and we're gonna swap the power plant into that and uh, we're gonna you know update it a little bit i've gonna kind of got some cool lavery ideas in my brain obviously yeah. i've painted it pearl white so for those of you guys that know indy um the cine car the marlboro we're yeah. gonna do the same graphic nice. setup as that yeah and then uh, we're gonna take it to my buddy uh, Garrett Mitchell, aka Cletus, we're going to take it down to the Freedom Factory. He uh, obviously gave me an open invitation to come down there, mm -hmm. and we're going to rip this thing around the Freedom Factory. So awesome. it should be a lot of fun. Tell me about the YouTube venture. That's obviously a big thing. Everyone growing up you know? is like, I want to be a YouTuber yeah. now. Like, and obviously, there's a lot of people like you just meant Cletus. Guy, you know, yeah. he's known as Garrett. So, Everyone knows him as Cletus. But why? You know, why now? Well, yeah, it's a good question. Why now? I mean, I'm 36 years old, and why am I just now doing this? Um, over for the last 10, 15 years, I've always been on you know the other side of the camera for like 13, 20 video. RC, you know, I've had a bunch of these videos made about me and they'd get pretty good views, you know, yeah. half a million to a million plus. And, uh, all my buddies in like Kyle Loftus, the owner of 1320 and, you know, Garrett Cletus, he's like, man, you really need to do the YouTube thing. He goes, you're, you're pretty personable and you're kind of quirky. You know, a lot of people know me. I like to race barefoot. Right. Never you're have already used to holding a phone up or a camera yeah, at you, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, last year, um, my buddy Javier, who owns that racing channel, we were talking about it. He goes, why don't you start bringing me some content from Oklahoma, some homegrown built, you know, domestic, yeah. all that stuff. So I did a couple YouTube videos for them. They got really good reviews. People loved me as a host. So I was like, well, hell, let's just give this a go. And yeah. obviously I go by J-Rod. So we, we're going to call it J-Rod's Garage. And uh, it's going to feature me. I have two small kids now. My daughter's eight. My son is five. And obviously we're teaching the next generation about hot riding. Yeah. So we're going to be building all these cars and including them. And I got a couple buddies that are going to help me along with that. And uh, we're going to go down this YouTube venture. And I think it's going to be pretty cool because just like anything in life, if you know the right people, it makes right. things easier. 
I think I know a lot of the people that are going to help me. And anytime you can help get help and grow a YouTube channel, um, it's only going to do good. Right. That so. you're right. That's the thing is you've already made, you know, but 10 or however many years you've been doing this, yeah. right? You already have the connections. And, and like I said, you, you know, you, you hang out, you do a few collaborations with friends that you already have. And then boom, you kind of mine their followers Correct. and then fast yep. track you, you know, the kind of the same thing that I guess Lou in the street, uh, an Asian yeah, did, right. Absolutely. They got to hundred thousand super quick and yep. he's doing great things over there. Obviously, you know, I just saw the print that he gave you, which is, yeah. which is yeah. sick. Good friends with those guys. I've been friends with them for yeah. a long time and great people. And you know, they're, so welcoming they're like anything we can do to help you grow we're going to do it um and the same way with you know garrett and cletus and you know his buddy cooper who just spawned off and started his new my buddy rob dom with all the rotary stuff mm -hmm. you know kyle off his 1320 video they're all just so welcoming they're like just do it get the content out there people know who you are they will the, the subscribers will come yeah, yeah yeah you know it's a lot of work people don't realize how much work making video productions is, but like, my gosh, it's so much work. You know, I work at a dealership, so I work 60, 70 hours a week already. Mm -hmm. And then I come home and I'm tired, but I got to film. Yeah. So we do videos in the shop on Wednesdays and Sundays are my day off. We're always filming stuff. We've got about seven months filmed and we plan to drop our first video actually the first week of April. That's great. And we're going to do one a week. And uh, the great thing about it is I personally think TRC has the best editing out there for car videos. And so they're going to do all my editing for me. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah. yeah. To mention that, I mean, I watched the video you did with Sean. Yep. You know, I watched obviously Hunter's video you yeah. did recently, which was amazing. Um, you know, with his side by side. side by side. And then another video was like the truck yep. where he raced, I think, near Pops probably. Yeah, that exactly. Yeah. It's like, that, yeah. this truck looks you know, yeah. insane. Yeah, thousand horsepower truck, a guy named Jim Eckert. I'd made a post on a local Facebook group and uh, was looking for talent to be on the channel. And yeah. I kind of thought his truck was cool and we actually just filmed one we haven't aired yet. Um, it's on Sean, AKA murder Nova. Okay. We went out there and we filmed all day. I got to go back out there and wrap up because I didn't get to film the OG murder Nova or his 55, but you know, for Does those he have some donks, he well, does. He does, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we rolled around in one. Uh, obviously, he likes to play golf, too. Okay. You know, he's know tall that. as hell, and he's yeah, left-handed. Yeah, yeah. So me, him, and his son, and I got to interview him as we were rolling down the highway in his donk, and we went out to Early Wine, yeah. and we were just banging balls. And of course, anytime you got him on the driving range and cameras everywhere, it right. draws attention. Yeah, 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 So we were out there hitting balls, and you know, I when I was playing, I taught myself how to play lefty, too. So I was out there hitting his driver, and we had a good time. And that's another thing that we're going to feature on my YouTube, J-Rod's Garages, we're going to show behind the scenes stuff that you don't get to see on the TRC right. features. Yeah, yeah. There'll be more candid moments, uh, us being guys, yeah. cutting up, being silly. Um, and I think a lot of people will more get to see, yeah, I get to see a lot of, uh, a side of those guys that they never got to see. I've got Ryan Martin lined up to do next. I know Chuck wants to have me out. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do all the street outlaw guys that'll allow me to come out and film them. And it'll be good for those guys starting YouTube channels. It'll yeah. be good for me and it'll be great for TRC too. Yeah. So I, I mean, recent, I guess the reason that we connected was shout out to Lou. Lou connected us. Um, but you know, I, I was, I came on the January cruise for, okay. for cruise in Oklahoma. Okay. Um, I came out, we went out to, it was awesome. Had a blast. Um, I've been doing some social media work with Porsche, the Porsche dealership. Mm -hmm. So I had a, I had a kind of chalk colored box to GTS, uh, which was freezing cold. But I think I, I have a rule that if you drive a, a, a car with a roof down, it's down. You, it have to, it has yeah. to be down. And, yeah. and it was with a recent cruise. I had that, I had a, career for us cab and like it's six seven o'clock in the morning but the roof's coming down you know and it, thankfully we've had great days for it for sure um i missed the hallet one but these have been just amazing events you know you got people come in from all over you know to cruise together and you know have dinner or you know what i mean the recent one right we you know, shut yeah. down downtown blanchard yeah. like, and they they were so welcoming and yeah. i was shocked driving through all you know i was texting my wife i was like we have a police escort through mm -hmm. like five or six towns yeah and then cool. when they picked us up coming back into town 
all the cars kept pulling over and I'm like, why do you keep, do they it's think like we're in a funeral, funeral procession, right? And I was like, these cars are gonna have to wait a long time. It's like four or 500 cars. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's amazing. And I know like, you know, this has been a goal of yours to do this. Uh, I mean, like, what does it mean to you, I guess? And why, why would you start something like that? Yeah. I mean, obviously I started right smack dab in the middle of COVID. Right. Um, obviously I don't know how everybody at home feels about COVID. I'm not really worried about it. I got it. I lived through it. I know some people were affected by it negatively. Um, but in my opinion, it's life. So for us to shut down our country, our way of life, um, it just, I wasn't okay with that. So all the car events were getting shut down and, uh, we didn't really have a venue for car guys to get out and do anything. Mm -hmm. And for one, Cars and Coffee, love the events, super cool. It happens on Saturdays. I can't go because of car business. Yeah. And for two, ever since my accident, my knee hurts, and I can't stand in a parking lot for three hours. And to me, I'm a car guy. I want to drive my car. I'm I don't want to sit around. here and look at a bunch of cool cars. I want to hear them. I want to see them, smell them, feel them. Like, driving a car to me is an experience. It's mm -hmm. a sensory overload. You're so many, the smells, the sounds it makes, the vibrations the car does. So to me, like, we needed to get out and drive these damn cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like I had this idea and I was like, I think my social media presence, I was like, I, I know a couple of people. So I posted up, I was like, Hey, let's do a cruise this Sunday. And, um, let's just see what happens. We'll see what happens yeah. So I have a good buddy that lives in New Hampshire and uh, Vermont area. He is a, his name is Jacob. He goes elite designs. He designs all 1320s t-shirts. He designs some of farm truck and Asians. He does my t-shirts. He's a graphic designer. I was like, Hey, I'm going to do this thing called cruise in Oklahoma. I was like, you remember that old nineties video game called cruise in the world? He goes, yeah. I go, well, take that logo. Obviously, don't copy it, but right. make it with the Oklahoma theme. So we did. In like six hours, I had it. I was yeah. like, damn, that's cool. So I posted it, made a quick Facebook group, and uh, posted on a couple other Facebook pages. My first one, we went to Mount Scott. I think we had 85 or 90 cars, which to me was From crazy. From Oklahoma City, you yeah. go to Mount Scott and yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, went to, we, stopped, we stopped at our buddy Sam Barnett's place at Twin Peaks on I-40. And uh, at the time, 80, 90 cars, which I thought was really cool. But to me, a cruise was more of a cannonball run idea. Right. And so, like, I wanted to get out and drive, drive my car. So yeah. out through western Oklahoma, I took some pretty rural roads. And um, let's just say we were in well north of the triple-digit signs. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I got down there, there was a lot of guys that went that weren't used to that style of cruise. So so when we got there, they're like, man, this was a lot of fun, but our old cars can't cruise 130 miles an hour, bro. Right. I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. And we need gas stations that. along yes, the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and yeah. we were flying. So when I got home, um, that was in, I think October. To, that was in September of last year. Yeah. Because um, it was a great that weather day yeah, for it too. Perfect I pictures. Weather, yeah, perfect yeah. weather. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of cool. I'm going to make this a monthly deal. Mm -hmm. And then uh, October rolled around and I was like, you know what? It's like the perfect time for Talamina. So I was like, let's go to Talamina. And by that point, word had gotten out that I was doing these cruises and we had about 165 cars for Talamina and uh, I was blown away. Yeah. Um, but what sucks, we got down there, one of the fuel pumps went out of one of my cars and everybody pulled over and waited on me. Yeah. And so I was like, cool, this is a pretty cool deal. You know, we did Talamina, we got back. And then in November, I got COVID. So we didn't do one in November. I got over it. And then December, I'm like, this group is growing. Everybody's talking about it. I was like, we should do something to give back to the community. So I grew up in Southern Oklahoma down by Velma Elma. And uh, obviously when you start getting two, 300 cars together, you've got to find venues, you got to right. find parking. It becomes a little bit of a, a yeah, task. Yeah. So there's this gentleman down, uh, named Fred Murphy who owns uh, Redline Auto Sports Ranch, I believe is what it's called in Wilson, 
Oklahoma. Wilson is down, for those that don't know, or in southern Oklahoma. It's about 30 miles west of Ardmore, right smack dab in the oil field country. And I grew up down there, and I knew that with the oil field being shut down the way COVID did and the oil prices, those families were pretty negatively affected with COVID. So we took a big donation, and we donated over $10,000 for the clothes and toys to those families. And I didn't want to donate it to like feed the children or a nonprofit because I wanted to see who was actually getting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know where that stuff really goes. For sure. So yeah. we actually invited those families out to see all the cool cars, and Fred was gracious enough to have us, and we gave all that stuff away, which was super neat. And then that was in December, and I was telling my wife, I was like, man, this is this is pretty this cool. This is kicking off. This is yeah. starting to go somewhere. And then you probably got people texting you saying, what are we doing next month? Yes, we yeah, were, yeah. and people asking all about it. Where's the next cruise? I was like, well, just you know, keep your eye peeled to the Facebook page. Well, at that point, I was like, you know what? We're going to you know make this kind of a brand. So I made hats and T-shirts, and then... Um, the one I guess you went on in January, we went to Perkins yeah, yeah. and a buddy of mine, Gassan, who owns Gassan Automotive, owns a BMW shop up there. He's like, Hey, I have a dyno. Um, I saw all the people you think you could pack it. I was like, I don't know. Well, let's see. Pulled up and there was no yeah, space left. There was no space. <laughs> all in front of the highway was packed. Yeah. The food truck had a 40 minute line. The yeah. dyno was packed. And I was just like, Oh my God, this yeah. is, this is crazy. And obviously that morning we met at Pops. Yeah. And I was just and thinking, filled Pops. Yeah. I was like, Pops is a pretty big parking lot. We won't have any problems. Yeah. All the pops was full. All down Route 66 was full to the Red Barn. The Arcadia police were freaking out. Mm -hmm. The security for pops was asking what the hell's going on. And so I realized at that point that I needed to start getting the local municipalities involved and getting the police involved because right. if these things were going to continue to grow like they are, that there's just no way we could facilitate two, three, four, five hundred cars yeah. and get around rural Oklahoma without their help. Well, to that point, the way that we got through Chickasha was what, like seven or eight lights? Lights. And they just like blocked everyone and said, come on through, yeah. right? And, and then they're crazy because, Which you is, know- I videoed the whole thing. I'm like, this is nuts. Like, yeah. I was sending my buddies back home. Like, yeah. well, I'm on a cruise, like, and they're shutting the roads down. It's, like, it's, it's so crazy. awesome to me because a lot of my buddies that are like, you know, East Coast, West Coast, to race mm -hmm. cars with, they've seen the videos and I'm like, they're like, that would never fly here. Like, you'd yeah. have to get a permit. The cops wouldn't about it, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so that's, that's one thing I will say I love. Another thing I love about Oklahoma is the cops, the, they're just so giving. And a lot of people in today's world, you know, want to video cops for every little thing. The cops yeah. are bad. The police, this or that. They're doing a job. Right. It's their job to protect us, enforce traffic laws. If you mess up, if you're speeding, if you're yeah. doing whatever, pay the piper, pay your ticket. You know, this guy's yeah, just yeah. there doing a job. So it's really cool to me because, you know, a lot of younger kids go on these cruises. So they're seeing the cops in a light where they're actually doing something to help the car community. Right. Yeah, and yeah. the car community is doing something to help the small towns of Oklahoma by influxing all the tax dollars that we do into those towns. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it was really cool. So where I really picked up the police thing was in Stroud. We had our Hallett event. Mm -hmm. I knew that event was going to be big. A good friend of mine, Madison and Sean Hurst, who live in Blanchard, who have a couple of Vipers, they reached out to me and they're like, well, why don't you have an, an event at Hallett? I've lived in Hallett. I've lived in Oklahoma my whole life and never actually been to Hallett. Yeah. So I was like, well, hell yeah, let's do it. So I reached out to them and they're like, yeah, we'll have you. How many cars are you expecting? I was like, well, every month's been more. So let's just say 350 cars. They're like, really that many? I was like, yeah. Well, the word got out and we literally filled the entire Tanger outlet mall parking lot in Stroud that obviously got wiped away in a tornado in 1999, yeah. but the whole parking lot was full. Yeah. And uh, that was the first time I'd reached out to a police department. I'm originally from Stroud. And uh, so I called a buddy who's kind of connected to the town. He put me in contact with this, the mayor, or not yeah. the mayor, the police chief. He's like, yeah, I think I can do that. So they literally blocked 
Highway 99, Route 66, right yeah. there in Stroud. They blocked that, led us all the way out of town. And then what I started doing that month was I was posting on the smaller community pages to the towns that we were going to drive through. Yes, I stay right. away from I-40, I-35. Yeah. I stay away from all the big roads. And I, I try to take these people through places in Oklahoma that they may have lived here their whole life. Mm-hmm. They've never got to experience. Yeah. So we went up this little road called Milfay Road, which is this little itty-bitty town I actually went to school at for a while. And uh, it, was a ho- it was a horrible road. Yeah. <laughs> We keep going or pause yeah, it. Sure. <laughs> yeah. It's probably my son. But anyway, yeah. we, kept, we kept going. And um, when we got to Drumright, the Drumright Police Department was so inviting that they actually rerouted us through a different part of town so all the townspeople could see us. Because so awesome. when I had shared it to their community page, their page only had 900 people. Yeah. They got yeah. shared 270 times. Yeah. So everyone in town knows everybody what's coming. Everybody knew. Yeah. So the people at the nursing home are literally eyes, you know, up against the glass because they couldn't come out waving yeah. at us. Guys were waving American flags. Oh, Kids were out so there. Awesome. And at in a parade, point, basically, a parade, right? Yeah. yeah. At that point, I realized, I was like, this is something pretty special. Yeah. So we got to Howlett. We had a great day. We had a helicopter out there. We're giving rides. People were getting to drive their lifted K5 Blazers to 458 yeah. uh, Ferraris around a racetrack together. Right. Like, when's the last time a lifted truck's been on a racetrack? Yeah, yeah. Everybody loved it. And my good buddy who helps me with this event, his name is Richard Burns. He's a photographer. He was able to go out, take pictures of that, and give people something to remember, mm-hmm. remember yeah, that yeah. day about when they're on a track with a Ferrari or something. Yeah. And then, you know, since January, it's just, I've really put a lot more time and effort into it and really started to grow it. You know, February was, was a massive one. Right. I, I really didn't think Blanchard was, would be as big as it was. Cause I didn't have a venue like Hallett. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was yeah. just going to be, we're going to go to this town. We're going to cruise out through Anadarko, Gracemont, Cougar, which Minko. was a great drive. I've never, like You've for never me, been like, out I've there, never right? been out there. Right. I mean, like I live in Yukon. I've never been out there. It's literally 35, 40 minutes from my house. And the roads that we went up through those little, you know, red yeah. dirt roads yeah. or whatever yeah. red, not red dirt red rock, red rock canyons yeah. and like I mean and the, and the good thing like the actual road surface was good amazing right yeah. that's one like, thing I try to do my diligence on is I get on Google Map when I have some spare time at work yeah. and I literally drive the roads with Google Map yeah, to make yeah. sure there's no like massive creases or crappy roads make mm-hmm. sure there's shoulders stuff like that because obviously you get five or six hundred cars quote unquote hot rods someone's gonna have someone's a problem gonna have a and problem. you're gonna need a place yeah. to pull over one um, great photo opportunities too oh, with the gas station phenomenal. we went by right yeah. that was in Rain Man yeah, yeah exactly and that's another thing a lot of people don't realize that a majority of the movie rain man was filmed out in western oklahoma mm-hmm. and that gas station there in Coger, right there i can't remember the highway like 53 maybe um you know that was filmed right there yeah, in the telephone yeah, yeah. booth scene and so many people were able to pull over take a picture and then still be able to catch up with us in blanchard right and the town of blanchard like you said was so welcoming as it was chickasha and minko they yeah. literally shut the roads down we got through because without their help without their assistance this would be an absolute mess oh it would yeah. be insane. Yeah, you got four or five hundred cars come to a one stoplight in a small yeah. town. Insane. And, yeah, chaos. Yeah, and then we got to Tuttle and there was that accident north of town. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the city manager texted me and he's like, Hey, there's an accident. I may not be able to give you a you know an escort back into town. I was like, I understand. What yeah. was cool is I guess it wasn't a life. When they pulled in, he just turned around and he like yeah. picked you right he up. He just picked <laughs> us right up. And I was like, Holy crap. Yeah. I mean, they literally like picked us up, led us through town. Like you said, everybody pulled over because you get that many cars. They blocked the roads for us, you know, funneled us through downtown Blanchard, blocked it off. We had a food truck down there. There was a yeah. subway there. All the local businesses opened up. We kind of had a black block party right in the middle of Blanchard. People can come and go and leave local as they want to. Local businesses having, I mean, yeah. I, you know, having great, I mean, Revenue. money coming in. Yes, and, yeah, tax yeah, yeah. money, you know, because you put, and this is something that a lot of people don't realize that go to these cruises is when we do the longer cruises and we have five, 600 yeah. cars, 
you will literally decimate a gas station. They mm. will not have fuel left. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's another thing that comes into my mind is whenever we do longer cruises, I have to plan ahead and let the gas station know, hey, you yeah. guys need to make sure to fill up because I'm going to have five or 600 cars. They're going to be thirsty. Yeah. And then you, let's say you get 500 cars. There's probably, on average, two and a half to three people per car. Right. They're buying They're snacks. making all their money off concessions, yes. right? Yeah, 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 yeah and for sure. You know, the tax money staying in that small town that could drastically need that little shot in the arm. And yeah. this month we got coming up in April, April 18th, we're going to be in Hennessy. A buddy of mine, Tony, who lives there, who owns the Golden Chick restaurant, uh -huh. has facilitated a lot of me, a lot of it for me, but this one's going to be epic. Like yeah. helicopter rides, a bounce house for the kids. We're going to have a dyno in town for the cars. Um, the city of Blaine, or um, Hennessy is going to allow us to use their fire truck for a burnout competition. <laughs> um, Kicker, who's also an Oklahoma you know, owned company in Stillwater, yeah. they've uh, sponsored a DB competition. Okay. There's going to be stunt riders out there doing stunts and uh i mean it's just going to be it's an awesome, be awesome time awesome time and then the guy that owns or runs the uh cars and coffee up in tulsa reached out to me and they're going to organize a cruise from tulsa to meet us in hennessy uh wicked so i think i really think we'll have 700 oh, to a thousand crazy, cars isn't it? i announced it a day ago we've already got 185 cars confirmed in yeah. a day so it's growing and and one of the greatest things to me about cruising oklahoma is this you have kids that are 16, 18 years old. They're out there in their first car enjoying mm -hmm. the open road. Yeah. And then there's a guy like this weekend, he had a C1 Corvette. He was probably in mid seventies with him and his wife. Was that the black and white that was one? The black and white oh, that was one. beautiful. Four yeah, speed yeah. car. Yeah. And they're out there at the same place enjoying the same hobby. Yeah. What other event or venue can you do with, with such a generational age right. gap? And it bring, it bridges everyone together and everybody has this common bond. And luckily nothing stupid's happened yet. Yeah. There has been no altercations. No one's doing, you know, dumbass burnouts or trying to act a fool. Yeah. Everybody's extremely respectful, picks up their trash. It's just a different demographic of car enthusiasts than let's say the Thursday night mega meet at Twin Peaks, you know, right. that just got shut down. Yeah. Those right. kids shut down again. Yeah, act a fool. Um, yeah, it's it's just a really cool thing to see cruise in Oklahoma in seven events grow right. to such links you know? and such a like such a variety to that point such a variety of cars you know like yes. like I said you got someone coming out in their first car you know you could there's been people who just drive their normal car Absolutely. you don't have to have a fancy car or a fast car yeah. to come out just it's come out and drive the roads Oklahoma. and yeah it's literally cruising the open roads of Oklahoma right. and for those that follow me and do this hobby through this cruise in Oklahoma we're going to do, we're going to go to some places this year that people, I promise you, you can live here your whole life Evan, and never yeah. knew existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them I've got planned is in Spavanaugh, Oklahoma. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, Spavanaugh is up, it's uh, south of the Grand Lake and it's kind of on the lake chain that comes south of Grand Lake. It's uh -huh. on Spavanaugh Lake. It's a town of maybe 1,500 people, but they have a big campground there called Copper Cove Campground that holds a huge biker rally every year. Mm. And there's a highway, I don't know the highway off the top of my head, I have it written down, but it's about 28 miles south of Spavanaugh that goes to the foothills of the Ozark because the Ozarks start in Northeast yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah. And it's basically like a mini tell of the dragon. And it's an amazing road. Um, and then they're going to have us up there. So obviously when you plan these deals, <laughs> the venue is huge, but the starting point's even bigger because yeah. you've got to have a place that you houses gotta, yeah. <laughs> five, six, 700 cars and to find a parking lot. For a couple hours until yeah, we leave. Yeah, it, yeah. It's tough. And then you've got to contact the city. Like I got off the phone today with the guy in El Reno because when we go to Hennessy, we're going to be going through El Reno. I reached out to him. He said they'll help us any way they can. But the problem is on Route 66, I guess in Reno, they're doing a bridge construction. See, like, yeah, they're if, right. They are. Yeah, if yeah, I yeah. wouldn't have reached out to them, if I would have just no winged idea. it, 
that I can't even imagine the mess that would have been. Yeah. So now we've got to find an alternate route, which they're going to help us with, and they will basically lead us through El Reno, play follow the leader with the officer, yeah. and they're going to escort us out on 81, and then from there, Kingfisher County is going to pick us up and uh, take us on into Okarchi, then Okarchi is going to pick us up and take us on north, and then Highway Patrol is going to pick us up and take us into Hennessy. Ah, that's awesome. So that's awesome. It's, it's super cool, and um, yeah, having the escort thing with the police, man, it's just so cool that all these towns are, are willing to help, and right. they're so... Well, I'm sure they appreciate you too. Like, say, hey, this is a heads up. We're calling you to help you out rather than causing you a really rough day when we show up. Yeah. Take over a town. Yeah. I mean, the town of Hennessy will probably double or triple their population the 18th. I think Hennessy has like 2,500 people. (laughs) So, like, I really think we'll have two to 3,000 people at that event. Right. And it's going to double their population. And it's it's just cool that there's so many car enthusiasts in Oklahoma that are willing to get out on a Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. with their families and spend their day with our family cruising yeah. open roads. Yeah, it's, it, it is awesome. And like, it's, you know, I will say when on the first one, my first one was, was the pops, you know, pops to up to Perkins and, and then I'd missed the Howard one, but the difference in the two, right, just growing and growing and growing and you got more involvement. And like you said, you're going to have like bounce house now yeah. and kids stuff, like real family yep. stuff, right? Not yep. just car dudes stuff. and car stuff yeah. right like it's just it's real you know like in in blanchard we were just walking around hanging out chatting and just connecting yeah, you just, know you meet new people every day and you just hey your car's cool i was following you this time like exactly. let's chat or behind yeah. you or whatever and, and yeah and, and the see, group's like, great too yeah, people are meeting in the group too and the group's awesome. growing and see to me like i'm i'm fortunate i get to travel and i get to race at some of the biggest venues around the world and uh, i get professional photographers and videographers that get to make these cool videos and pictures of me mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say I'm not appreciative, but I'm kind of numb to it now. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get so many cool pictures every day when we go to the event, get up- uploaded. But so many of those people that go on the cruise don't get that. They don't get pictures of their own cars. You're so right. you have professional photographers there that are going out of their way to take pictures of their car, spending their time away from their families to mm. edit these pictures. It means a lot to those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're actually, you know, they're buying the pictures, they're putting them in their homes. And because they've never had that opportunity to get a professional picture of mm. their car rolling down the road with their kids in the backseat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that is a huge draw. And, um, I don't know. I'm just really fortunate to have all these people in Oklahoma follow my, you know, my butt around Oklahoma and see what we can't find. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone listening, everyone in the group definitely appreciates what you do, right? Cause without the planning and with, obviously it's not just you, you have a team sure, doing it. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned Richard doing photography yeah. and I know, is it Mike with no pity? No pity. He's no, been, he's Mike been, yep. and then Seth as well. Yep. There's a bunch of other photographers yep. who are doing it too, which yeah, is, we got three you know, guys that have been out the last couple great things. Yeah. They're taking pictures of these people and, and then they, 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 memories. You're right. And, and ever, I know, no doubt everyone appreciates them for doing it because there is so much work that people don't see behind the scenes, oh, so you know, making work. phone calls, like you said, you know, to each municipality and, yep. but over time you'll build this relationship with people. Mm-hmm. So you're like, okay, like in two or three years or in a year, you're going to go back and do the Blanchard cruise again. Like it's just going to be better and bigger. And they just, be, you know, yep. hey, and we're going to work down. through it. Yeah. yeah and it's going to get awesome. better. And then like in May of this year, um, I've got a really special one. I, I posted about, but I haven't given a lot of info about, but obviously we're in Oklahoma. We're drag racers. Yeah. And, uh, the town of Hinton is actually going to have us out and we're going to do a, a drag race in the town of Hinton. My buddy Blaine out there runs the Hinton street races. And, um, obviously one of the things that obviously inspired me to do this is we did race week last year mm-hmm. with my Supra with me and a couple of buddies. And uh, it was such a good time because you get to drive your car out on the open road, pulling a trailer, and you just get to see places in the United States that I'd never seen, like in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. And so 
we're going to do basically a mini drag week, but for the cruise in Oklahoma group. So yeah. the rules are we're going to have a class called King of the Open Road. So King of the Open Road is going to be where you have to make at least two cruises to qualify to be in with the car you race. So yeah. you can't have like a an 05 Mustang GT that you cruise, but have a, <laughs> you know, a big block, you know, LS power right. or whatever Fox body with yeah. a plate kit that runs, you know, seven, yeah. seven quarter mile passes. Yeah. So you got to bring the car on the cruise that you race and you have to make these cruises. And when you show up, get your car ready to race. Yeah. We're going to have a hard tire, which is going to be like probably like a 260 treadwear or harder tire. So like new vets, Vipers can race. And then we're going to have a soft tire, which will be a drag radial slick class. And it'll be awesome. We're going to allow it to be like uh, 32 car fields for each class. And uh, we're going to go race in middle of town, legally street race in Oklahoma. That's nuts. Like, that's pretty cool. There's not yeah. many places in the United States where you can go to a town and get a permit to go straight where the town like rallies around you and yes. it's like yeah this is the thing here yeah. like this yeah. is normal yeah we're gonna do like arm drop flashlight stop right here Jeez. eighth mile and we're gonna get down like so that's so. like the most oklahoma thing there is right you're right yeah. so yeah i'm looking forward to that and so many other cool cruises i've already got planned and they're on the list i just got to pick dates like we're gonna go to davis turner falls has reached out to me mm -hmm. we're gonna ha they're gonna have us out there um the town of jones they want to have us out um i got off you know i talked to her actually a baptist preacher today who's from the claremore area that they want to have us out up in that part of the state. So we've really already went to every corner of the state, but yeah. the far Northwest. Right. So, you know, I want to, I want to make a panhandle trip this year. And I think that would be really, really cool up through the black kettle grasslands yeah. um, and out that way through Woodward. And there's some really, really pretty rolling country out there. Problem is most of the cars that go are ethanol fuel based. <laughs> and there's so, nothing out there. So yeah, yeah. Finding E85 out there is a little bit that, of a challenge. That's the next thing for the team is to have a support truck yep. or support trucks. Well, our good friends at right. CSS, Central Speed Supply, Lori and Craig Hammer, right they're actually going to be bringing e85 to the uh, hennessy event yeah so people can actually get e85 awesome. and they don't have to like oh am i going to make it home yeah. or not <laughs> yeah um well mate this i appreciate you having me down at the shop at the house and uh, you know look at the cars and, and everything you've got going on uh we need to play golf sometime Absolutely. soon definitely uh but for people listening, how can they get involved? How can they follow you? And then how yeah. can they get involved with cruising? Yeah, so uh, I have an Instagram. It's called, you know, my handle is jrod underscore OKC. And basically follows all my crazy car stuff that I do. But the big deal is uh, cruising Oklahoma on our Facebook page. We also have an Instagram, but it is private. I did that for a reason. I didn't want any swinging Tom, Dick, and Harry yeah, in there, yeah. you know, talking trash. So I monitor the group. I try to keep it genuine as I can. Obviously, there's some trolls that get in that I delete pretty quickly. But if you're looking for a car group, you're looking for something to do on Sundays, um, you're looking for just to make memories with your family, definitely check out Cruise in Oklahoma because I'm telling you guys, there's so much to see in Oklahoma that yeah. you guys don't even realize. And we're going to see it. We're going to get off that beaten path and uh, hopefully explore Oklahoma. And, you know, like some of them say, we're going to get lost in Oklahoma. Yeah, awesome. Well, again, mate, appreciate you having me out here. I appreciate you taking the time out of your super busy schedule to come and share some stories. Uh, for everyone listening, I'll post those links down below so you can go to straight to that and follow Cruise in Oklahoma. And yeah, we'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply and member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. 
We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.